Welcome to the Sky Society Podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. Welcome back to another episode of the Sky Society podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jessie Coulter. She is currently working at Dell as an influencer and analyst relations manager. Welcome, Jessie. Thank you. Excited to be here. Excited to have you, especially another fellow Austinite, although I'm newly from Austin <laughs> and you've got a lot more years on me. I'm happy to chat. Yeah, totally. All right. So just go ahead and Jesse, if you can tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I currently live in Georgetown, Texas, which is a city north of Austin. And I'm a mom of three kids. I have a 10-year-old and six-year-old twins and native Texan, born in Austin, but have, you know, lived kind of college and, and was raised in Texas. And so glad to call Austin and this area in general home. And yeah, work in marketing. I've always been in marketing most of my career and I'm blessed to to be able to do that today at Dell, where I sit on the, I sit under analyst relations and, but I work with all of our B2B influencers as well as our independent analysts. Amazing. Yes. You have a quite an interesting career going from State Farm to IBM, now to Dell and doing your own personal stuff along the way. So we're going to get into all of that. But I want to first talk about your blog. So you have a blog, the Jesse Cutler blog. Tell me a little bit about how you got started with that. So I, when I was in college, I, I had graduated my bachelor's and I was working a job and I was getting my master's at night. So I was getting my MBA and I lived in Abilene, Texas, pretty small city, not much to do, not a lot of restaurants, not a big fashion scene like Austin would be. <laughs> and that's really when blogs were kind of just starting out. There was a couple of big, you know, a couple of bloggers I followed and enjoyed reading. This would have been in 2011 and just decided, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to start my blog because I love, love fashion and was going to be called like the nine to five fashion, something around like what I wore to work every day. That was the goal, but couldn't figure it out. So I just named it after me, which I'm so glad <laughs> I did because that's kind of been my personal brand is just my name across as I've, as I've grown. And my blog has evolved so much more than nine to five fashion. Cause now it would be, you know, at home fashion, remote work from home fashion. And it's evolved over time as I've had kids and moved. I can cover topics of travel. I, I would consider myself a lifestyle blogger. So travel, I've done food, I've done fashion, I've done events, you name it. Whatever's going on in my life, I'm happy to write about it. And my blog has always been kind of sort of a diary where I'm pretty honest and I speak on my blog the way I speak in person. I'm not... You know, you'll see a lot of dot, dot, dots. I'm not super great with grammar, but I write how I speak. And I've always known, though, in my blog that at any point in time, an employer can see it. So whatever I put on social media, whatever I put on my blog, I've always known that 
you know, you need to be comfortable with anyone seeing this and your boss potentially reading us. So always had that, that viewpoint. And, and what, but I've always, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I want to just touch on that piece a little bit. Cause you mentioned like, okay, I'm keeping in mind, like, I don't want to write anything that my employer may, you know, look bad upon, but what about the mm-hmm. flip side of that? What if, what about the, like, how has it helped you in your corporate career and actually been a mm-hmm. positive influence for you? Yeah. I mean, I heard a long, I heard a long time ago that whatever you're interested in, you should probably have a website for it just because it can only help and propel you in whatever that direction may be, whether it's a website or a blog or now really Instagram, some sort of page where you can funnel that creativity or that passion that you have into something that people can see, that you can direct people to. And when I started my blog, I did not set out for it to be something that I would turn into a career or would, you know, help me get my future jobs, but it has. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been really amazing. I, when I think the first time it really came into play was when I was applying at Big Red, which is a Texas-based soda company. They saw what I did on social. They saw, you know, I, that was the time when they, when you would now send your Instagram profile or, you know, blog site. And I would, I started putting it on my resume. You know, I understand social media because I do it personally. I understand influencers because I am one personally. So I know how to kind of work with agencies. I know how influencers think. And so that was enticing to them. And it ultimately helped me get my job. And I think since then, it's helped me get most of my jobs, especially whenever I've gotten a job in social. I've used that as a, as a you know, resume builder. Yeah, I always tell when, when girls are new to marketing and they're like, I have no experience. Like, I, I how do I say now? I always say a blog is such a good way because it shows that you can be a really good writer and it also shows that you are genuinely passionate about marketing. Like you don't right. just want the job, like that is actually your passion. And so right. I love that you did that. And one of the things you mentioned is that you used it to show like, Hey, I understand social media. I, I understand influencers and you've grown your Instagram following to almost 20,000 followers. So what have you learned about growing a social media account throughout that entire journey? And, you know, and it's so it's so different from when I started Instagram in 2011 and, you know, my, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> my, gro- my growth is, is long. And whereas someone today could get a hundred thousand overnight, if they just, you know, go viral on TikTok and drive people to their Instagram, you know, the way to grow, you know, it, it's just so different how I would advise people today versus how I started and you know, I, I, I'm proud of, of what I have. It's not immense. I have friends that have over a million and do it full time, but what I've cultivated over that time, one is knowledge and experience and what I've done, but then, you know, a true following of, of, of friends of people online that are engaged in my life and, you know, follow me for 10 years, you know, and, and been a part of my journey. But I mean, I, I think, you know, if I could advise someone how to grow in social in general, it's, yeah, I mean, find your niche, find a specific topic. I, I'm more of a generalist just because my job is more my focus. I don't have time to be just a beauty blogger or just focus on, on fashion. I just kind of let it flow. And that's the decision I've made. 
Therefore, I'm not growing as vastly. But if I decided tomorrow to turn my account into a foodie account, I could probably go grow five times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome foodies are in high demand you know, right now. <laughs> or if it was just, you know, a working mother blog or something very specific to one topic, I would advise that and take my but own advice. I, but I also think that there's a benefit to not niching down because you even like you said you've been doing this for such a long time where i think sometimes what i've heard is that when you there is a benefit of getting really niche because you could grow a lot faster but also right. people get like fatigue of like okay now i have to keep posting about food and like right. i don't want to yes. go out to eat <laughs> it's a lot or you know i have to film a makeup or fashion tutorial and i don't want to do that and so for me my blog has always been on the side it's always been a part-time side hobby creativity that's fueled me and my career and i really enjoy it and that's why you know i haven't stopped blogging i mean i still write on my blog for 10 years i've never taken a break i mean there might be times where i go a month in between the posts but i genuinely enjoy creating the content because it's applicable to whatever is going on in my life and i don't feel any pressure because also my paycheck does not come from from that. Now, I definitely make a, you know, make an income from it and have some awesome experience come from it, but the creativity that I get out of it is more of the bonus for me. Um, I, I love, so. I just, we'll go on to your, your, your marketing career here, but I really love talking about this because I think it's such a unique way to stand out as someone in your marketing career and also just really be able to do something that you love and again, it's not your main source of income, so it can genuinely be something right. that you feel like you could freely express yourself. Because I know they say sometimes, like, once you get paid to do what you're passionate about, it no longer becomes right. what you're passionate about. Or exactly. at least, like, once you rely on that for your sole income. And so I think this is just such a really great way to to really cultivate your personal brand, to really do something that you love, and to also show employers that you genuinely understand marketing because you're able to market yourself. Yes, yes. And I think... Yeah, I mean, I think it's more important than ever to, sh to you know, to have a social presence and to be, you know, I'll be on, you know, in past company roles that I'll be on a call and then they'll say like, oh, we need, in you know, internal advocacy is really important to the company or, you know, we need someone and they're like, well, Jesse's an influencer. She understands like, you know, so I've definitely had moments where I've been brought into conversations or brought into projects or brought up, you know, in general, because, because of what I'm doing on the side as an example of like, I can create content. I think more employers are going to be doing this. They're going to be looking to, you know, internal employ employees to create content and, and be advocates for their brand. So I think more than ever, it's important, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird line too, because then it's like, well, you know, <laughs> Cause you know, I get, I get paid on the side for this, but if it's from my employer, how does that work? What I say? And I think that's also companies are going to have to figure that out of like, I don't go into certain topics on social, like I don't touch on politics, but you know, there are a lot of employees that might on their social media pages. So brands and companies have to figure that out if they want to use employees and how do they do that? Because we all have our own personal voice. So contractually and, you know, there's just a lot of things that happen. And so it's a, it's a gray line and a fuzzy line that we'll be, 
will just evolve, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard of a lot of brands doing that now where they hire influencers, basically like work for us full time and manage our social accounts. Like I, I've definitely been seeing that as a trend. But if we're mm-hmm. speaking more to a lot of the women that are listening to this podcast, I think there's just a big benefit. You don't need a huge following to right. to do something like this and for it to have value in your career. I think that right. even with the small following, it's, it's just showing like this is, I'm passionate about marketing. You could look, I'm good at writing. And, I, and if you have a social account, like right. I know how to create content. And so exactly. I think that that is just really huge here. So I mm-hmm. commend you for that. And obviously you've you've grown yours. So it's absolutely amazing to see. But yeah, you. your, your marketing career journey too. So aside from this entire blog that you've been building, which has spanned over your career, you've also been, you know, building your own career in marketing. And so you've worked for companies like State Farm, IBM, you're currently now at Dell. But I want to go start at your role at Allstate because you started at Allstate as a licensed insurance adjuster and then you somehow moved over to marketing coordinator. So tell me about that switch. Yes. So it was actually State Farm, but it gets, oh, I, get Farm. The, sorry, sorry. I get the switch. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's confusing. Allstate, State Farm, it's, you'd think that two big insurance companies wouldn't have similar names. But so, yeah, you know, when I was in a role prior to State Farm, I was pregnant and it was a very toxic work environment. And to the point where, you know, I had conversations with, with the owners of, Hey, you know, trying to remedy it. And once you get to the top and there's no solution and there's no, Hey, we're going to help you. That's your sign to leave a toxic environment when there's the HR and no one is willing to come to bat. And especially at smaller companies, that's the time to go. So anyway, I realized I needed to leave Well, I just, literally had my son. So I took off for eight or so, eight or nine weeks, and then started looking. I just said, I can't do this anymore. I quit. I'm having my child. And that's it. And then I couldn't find anything in marketing that was paid enough or, you know, in in close enough proximity ended up taking a job at State Farm because a friend of mine worked there and said, hey, we have a marketing department, but it's very hard to get in. You should become insurance insurance adjuster first, get your foot in the door, and then you can get over to marketing. So I really had to like squash my ego there and saying like, I wanted to become this like amazing marketer. I have my MBA and now I'm an insurance adjuster. What? What? I don't even know what that is. So Ended up taking the job, came in, did that for, I think, a little over a year. But the entire time, I knew I wanted to get into marketing. So I was, you know, having conversations with people on those teams, you know, getting mentored, just making connections, networking as much as I could. And then I knew, like, once I was in the role about a year, I would make my, I would pounce, I would make my exit. And and that's exactly what I did. So I, I think what that story is, we all want our, our, you know, our resume to just show up, 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 and that it's like, you know, it doesn't always have to be super linear. You can kind of get off the offbeat path, or maybe you're just doing something right now that you don't want to do anymore, and you want to completely change career paths. That's okay. It can happen. And so, you know, having that on my resume, it's like, I don't really like that, but it's okay. Just you know, continue to have kind of that focus of goal, what your next step is and start networking and, and make the move. So that, that's how that played out. <laughs> that's 
I mean, I think such a good anecdote to, to share because sometimes it doesn't always work out like we want it to in this like perfect, you know, with the, with the bow on our, you know, on our perfect career journey. Can you right. dive into a little bit about how you were able to make the switch to the marketing department? Like you mentioned that you were network, you were kind of making connections, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to do that. Like I, I feel right. like a lot of people will be like, oh, I really want to work at this company. I'm just going to take a sales job there. I'm going to be in the marketing team in a year. And like, Mm-hmm. It does not happen yes. to most people. So can you kind of walk us through some of the steps that you took yes. to really make sure that when a year came along that you were able to transition to that team? Mm-hmm. So I think, well, one, yes, timing is tough. I mean, it also depends on if there's an open role. And I know, you know, certain companies, there's hiring freezes. It might not happen. You might be, you're, especially right now with the recession, there, a lot of people are not hiring, whether that's, you know, internal, externally it just worked out too, that there was a, you know, an open position, but for me, it's telling people what your goals are. Like you can't keep it all in. You have to let people know what you want to do, what's your next, what you're passionate about. What, you know, Hey, I, I didn't say that to my boss immediately. Like, I don't want to be here, but it was having different conversations where I meet someone and they'd say, Oh, I'm in marketing. Oh, you're in marketing. That's great. Could, could I set up some time? Could we get lunch together? Can we chat on the phone if they weren't in person just to like get to know what you do? So really it was more exploratory conversations, always, always meeting people, learning about their jobs, finding how the company interconnects in these different business units. And then, um, and then, yeah, just, just meeting the right people and connecting and then telling them what my goal was, is, Hey, I want, I want to be in a position on the marketing team and, and then, you know, keeping posted on what jobs were coming available and then letting my boss know at a certain point that that was a goal of mine. And that hopefully you have a manager that supports you in that, that decision. Um, so yeah, that, that's it's kind really of what I would recommend. Vocalizing, I, I've talked about this before, but vocalizing your what you want, because you never know who's yes. going to help you get there, right? So just like telling people along the way, because you have no idea who's going to be that exactly. you know, little connector for you to help you yes. get there. And instead of like right. keeping it all in your head and you right. got to share, well, you got to talk about it. It was, it was my coworker's husband who was, you know, a manager on the marketing team who was able to help me get into that role, right? Well, had I not told her, I wouldn't, you know, but yeah. made that connection. So yes, definitely speak it out loud. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So you got back into marketing the, you, then you went over to big red and then tell me about how you ended up getting into IBM. Cause you mentioned that you've been trying mm-hmm. to get there for like five years. So tell me how that all worked out. <laughs> yes. So I knew I wanted to be in the tech space in Austin because it was booming and I kept applying at IBM and never just never heard back, never got my foot in the door in any way. And finally, I just posted on Instagram one day and I said, does anyone work at IBM? And if you have coworkers that follow you, you know, maybe block them. But at that point, I I didn't say it could have been for my husband. It could have been for someone else. I just put out there, does anybody work at IBM? And I got a couple of replies and I got one from a, a, a woman who's now someone I consider a friend who said, yeah, I work at IBM. I'm a designer. What, what's up? And I said, I've been trying to get my foot in the door. You know, I, I see a position I'm interested in. What are your, you know, can you help me here of, of 
how I could possibly get in. And so she ended up giving my resume to, to the team. And I think it was like three weeks later, I got the job. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy how fast that happened. I have people that reach out to me on LinkedIn and that I've never met that asked me about, you know, whether I was at IBM or Dell, like, hey, I'm interested. And they might know me from somebody else. I, I rarely would respond to someone like cold messaging me. But if it's somebody who's like, I know you from somebody or I'll follow you on Instagram and there's a job at Dell I'm interested in, I'm always happy to help people. And so, you know, she was happy to help me in that moment. And I was able to get my foot in the door. Now, the job that I took was not actually a job that I wanted to apply for. It was a completely, the HR person said, hey, it, it was a different team dynamic there, but basically they were like, we have this open position. It's kind of in marketing, but it's a little different. Would you be interested in interviewing for it? And so I did, and I took the role and it's not a role that I really enjoyed, but again, foot in the door. So I knew once I get in there, then I know how to work my way and network and get to meet people. So was in that role for about a year. And while I was in that role, I met a bunch of amazing people and met a woman, a friend and a fellow working mom. And we would just get lunch because she was a working mom and we would chat about things. And I told her I loved, I was passionate about social and I wanted to get into that team. And she knew I had Instagram and was a blogger. And sure enough, you know, about a year later, I mean, I think I've been in that role a little over a year. She hired me for her team to run the social strategy for cloud and wow. she was actually the manager for the social team so that Same was like thing. and that, Easy, that was yeah. my dream job at that point it was like i'm working i'm doing social for one of the largest companies in the world so that's pretty amazing and again just putting it out there yeah. and and then having my brand to back me up to help right because they're like I wasn't doing social in my job before. So you think, well, I have to be doing that in my role to get, you know, that job. But that's not the case. If you're doing it on the side, maybe you want to do design, but you're, you know, work in HR, but you're doing design personally. And then you try to go for a design position. It can happen. It just, you have to be able to show that. And she knew that I did social on the side and hired me. Didn't even, you know, was just like, I, oh, you can do it. You have enough, you have enough knowledge in general about social. We could teach you whatever we need to teach you. And, yeah. and so that's how I made the jump there. I think like if I'm, I'm listening to this, the, the thing that I'm taking away is, is I think that, that personal brand, that blog that you've built, I think a lot of people don't want to do it or they quit at the beginning because they're not getting a big enough following. But imagine mm -hmm. if you did, like, imagine if you just gave up, you're like, okay, my blog's not getting traction. I'm just going to give up. Right. Whereas you kept going and you didn't know when it was going to come into play to help you out. Right. It was just right. kind of this thing that you kept building like over years, over years, it takes time to build an audience. It's really, right. really hard to do that overnight. And so you may not see the value yet, but then it allowed you to, I feel like do this little, I feel like what's your superpower, this little magical thing where you get to go into companies, not start in the marketing department, right? network your way up and then use your brand to back you up and say, actually now I can switch in. Cause that's also really hard to do. It's not easy to just switch into different departments. And so I love right. how all of those pieces came together for you. Yes, totally. Yeah. It's a long game. Yes. It's a long, long game. Term. Don't play the short game, play the long yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't think people probably still read my blog, but I'm still going to keep it because it helps my writing. And maybe I want to be in a content role one day. Who knows? You know, maybe it's going to lead a team of, of, of blog, con whatever it may be. It's just play the long game. And you don't have to be a blogger to, to do this. It's just, you know, I think just having a presence of a brand presence personally, wherever that may be for you, maybe that's just on LinkedIn. I know a lot of people that just focus on LinkedIn then and want to speak to a certain topic on LinkedIn. Maybe it's about being a working mother advocate or a women, women in tech, or maybe it's CPG, whatever it might be, just build a presence kind of somewhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be big. I mean, I've hired people, on my on social teams just because they knew the, the you know about it they didn't have to have a hundred thousand followers you know they just needed to understand social so if you're not on it if you're not playing in the space you want to be in then why would anyone hire you for it i love that you said that yeah play around in the space that you want to be and don't let your lack of followers like be like oh it's not going to yes. matter because i don't have a massive following it still absolutely matters i even think like for sky society right now we only have a couple thousand followers on tiktok it has been the biggest driver for growth like for our group for our whole business like without having a ton of followers it has immense impact and i know people i know i remember i met someone that had half a million followers on tiktok we were in similar spaces but like did not understand how to use his followers to help him, you know, with mm -hmm. his business. And so right. I feel like it's just an arbitrary metric right. sometimes. And so just being able to like understand, I mean, for us specifically, like SEO on TikTok is like where we get to thrive and it doesn't yeah. necessarily tie into our followers. Right. I mean, yeah, you could have a low following, but you understand the analytics. Maybe you go work for an analytics team or you yeah. want to do SEO, you know, on for your own business, however it might be. It's like, yeah, don't, I, I would, the follower number, yeah, like you said, so arbitrary. It's it's the knowledge that yeah. that I have. And for me, having 10 years, someone might scoff at like, oh, you only have 20,000 followers and you've been blogging for 11, you know, how many years? It's like, yeah, but I have so much depth that, you know, I, one big blogger that might have a million that's only been doing this for two years and went viral, she ain't got nothing on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I got so... <laughs> I know so much more and I'm not trying to be that in a rude way. It's just, just don't discount the depth of knowledge that you can have. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So now you are currently at Dell as influencer and analyst relations manager. Tell me a little bit about what your role entails. Yeah. So funny thing, got that job through Instagram. And so it really is all about the, the networking and, you know, the manager hiring for it as a, you know, friend of mine who, who I met, I hadn't talked too much over the years, but a acquaintance I had met and had had continued to follow each other. And, and she reached out and said, Hey, I have a, a role that I think you might be interested in. And I applied for and interviewed and, and got the job that I'm in today. And really that influencer background, she saw me on social speaking to, you know, and in my personality and, and hired me based on that and obviously my other experience, but it definitely helps. And so today I work with our B2B influencers and Dell has a really great influencer team. And so really cool to be a part of, you know, we have consumer, you know, we obviously sell PCs and other products, but we also sell 
you know, cloud software and services and edge and, you know, data protection, storage, security, things like that. So that's where I focus on is the, the B2B space. And I get to do some really cool events. I get to work with, you know, YouTubers and, you know, B2B is a little bit different. You know, there's not as much TikTok and Instagram there as consumer would have it, but it's really interesting to to work with with influencers in that space. And I work with agencies and get to work on events and I work across all types of teams, so content, product marketing, product management. Analyst relations is on my title as well. And if you aren't familiar with analyst relations, it's basically you've got your big analyst firms like Gartner, Forrester, IDC, and, and work with, I work with more of the smaller analysts, the individuals that, that work with big companies like Dell. So, yeah, it's a it's a really fun job and I would definitely call it a dream job where I got where I got today. Wow. And I mean it's I always love I mean when we get to this point, I know it's Dell's not the end for you, but it's always really cool to see how all your different experiences kind of come together to line up to like this quote unquote dream yes. job that you maybe didn't even know was what was what you wanted or what, yeah. what was where you were gonna end up, but your experience I didn't know influencers would be a job. You know, yeah, or even in the B two B space specifically, right? right? That's even more unique. So right. they all totally. they all align together for for you to have and, this awesome job at Dell. And now I work, you know, work from home. I mean, the office is, you know, ten minutes from my house, the headquarters in in Round Rock. So it's really cool to be a part of Dell because I kind of always thought I would end up here. I've I, I've said I'll I'll I'm gonna end up at Dell, and always was networking with people at Dell always, you know, kind of, and I, I had friended people in the social team probably five years ago. So laying that groundwork for when, even though my boss, you know, was it, you know, got me here through Instagram. But when I came in, I met a woman in person. I said, Oh, I've been, we're Twitter friends. I've been following you for years. Oh, Jesse, you know, because I had, I was, I stayed you know, attached to what Dell was doing on social, because I thought that might be a space one day I'm going to go over to. So I want to kind of connect with these people. So my, my advice too with networking is like, you know, follow them on social. I, you know, networking events. If I see that Dell speaking somewhere or, you know, IBM was speaking somewhere, Texas conference for women is a great opportunity to meet people in person. Look at the speaker list, introduce yourself. Maybe there's some dream companies there or maybe they're online. I know Texas Conference Room in this year is virtual. You can join in and then you send them a LinkedIn message that says, hey, I just saw you speak. I really loved you know, what you chatted about, blah, blah. And then you make the connection. And then maybe in a year or so, or maybe down the road, you reach back out and say, hey, I'm applying at Adele. I'd love to, to chat with you. And you just never know. <laughs> you just never know who that person might be that can connect you. And I'm not saying like use people in any way. These are all genuine connections. I really do want to make true. And then I help, love helping connect people. I'm getting, I'm trying to get my old babysitter an internship at Dell right now um, and, and help him get into this space. So I'm always like, I love when people reach out to me and say they're looking for a job because I'm like, okay, I got you. Like we'll, we'll find something. Yeah, We know enough people. We'll you're figure a it connector. out. Yes. Yes. And I, I love it. And whack what you said too about, you know, following people on social media. You, let's say you want to work on the social team, go follow the social team on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, because it kind of builds some goodwill because you actually genuinely get to say, hey, I've actually, I actually have been following you for a year. Right. Or what you like, 
what you said about messaging someone you saw at an event or messaging someone that you saw that did a career piece of advice and making mm-hmm. that connection before you need something from them. Because when right, you make it, exactly. when you need something, they're like, right. they don't then know anything, weird. like their guards are right. up. But if they, if then when you ask for something and they go look, they're like, oh, she messaged me six months ago and now she's right. like messaging me again. It, it's more of a warm introduction. Right. And it's a genuine, like a two-way road. Like I don't want just need something from you. Like I'd love to help, you know, if you ever need me to come and, you know, speak on something about social or vice versa, like, you know, I don't ever want it to, you know, and I like to meet other women in general, women that working, working moms, women in tech, like just supporting each other in general. I think that's super important. So I never, yeah, definitely don't cold cold ass someone for a job (laughs) on LinkedIn. (laughs) All right, Jesse. Well, we've gone through your incredible career journey. I have a couple rapid fire questions to close this out. And the first one being more on the fun side and more a selfish question of what's your favorite restaurant in Austin? Well, I don't get out much because (laughs) of my kids. Man, my favorite. I know this is like cliche because it's not super local, but my husband and I love going to Perry's Steakhouse because uh, they have amazing bread. They have amazing pork chops. And so that's kind of like our go-to date night every once in a while if we're going to, you know, somewhere we love going to Perry's. Okay. I have not been, but I've heard really good things. Oh. So I got to add it to my list. Just get the appetizers. You don't even need okay, to get the I'll just leave. Just get, <laughs> just get all the, the bread. appetizers. They have like. Their salads, everything is just so, so good. I saw Chris Jenner last time I was there, actually. So you never no know. Way. You yes, saw you Chris never know. Jenner? How long ago was yeah, that? It was maybe three years ago. I think it was during South by. So you never yeah. know who's in there. It's actually inside an old bank in downtown Austin. So it's really cool because there's a big old bank vault inside and they have an actual, they do parties in there. And so it's a really historic building downtown. And they have one at the domain too, but I go to the one downtown mostly. All right. I'll have to check that one out. Okay. What is the biggest trend in your industry, right? Video. Just in general, video is probably key short form video because people have ADD and can't focus. All of us now, our (laughs) attention spans have shrunk. Yeah. It's TikTok. TikTok. You know, I have a TikTok, but I don't get on it personally. I mean, I get on it when I need to. Dell's not on TikTok right now, so I don't feel like I need to be on there all the time right now when we start playing there then sure but tend to tend to stay on instagram i just watch my tiktok videos on instagram yeah that are late and then you send them to someone and they're like that was six from six months ago (laughs) exactly that's why that's how i intake it all right and then my last one for you what's one piece of career advice you wish you knew sooner i would just say the just networking. And I know that might be hard for, for some folks who are naturally introverts and, you know, now more than ever working from home, especially if you're in a remote, remote role, it's hard to get out there and meet people in person. So I would just encourage you to, to try to make, you know, whether it's being a part of, of Sky Society but going to in-person things if possible, or, I mean, you can definitely make connections online. I mean, that that's real, but also in-person if possible and, and going to events and stepping outside of your comfort zone would be, be big. So yeah, that'd be my, my advice. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, we do a lot of networking events with Sky Society. We're trying to do more. They are all virtual. My dream would be that the community grows big enough to where they can be in person. Because I, yeah, I mean, even now my business being fully remote, I love the flexibility. But there's still something you can't get right. by meeting someone in person. So, right. um, but yeah, I think I think the networking too for you has been really key throughout your entire mm-hmm. your entire journey of how you were able to even get all of these opportunities. So I think yes. that's a really great piece of advice. Yes, thank you. All right, Jesse, where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about you? Sure. Well, first, first find me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Jesse, spelt like a boy, I would say. <laughs> and on Instagram, same way, it's at Jesse Coulter, and on Twitter at Jesse Coulter. So make it easy for you. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also join our private LinkedIn group for women in marketing. It's called Sky Society Women in Marketing, and you are welcome to join us on LinkedIn. And you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at skysociety.co for more information on all things marketing and career. And I'll see you in the next episode.